Good afternoon, Times Square Church, and Happy New Year's. It's such a blessing to be here with you today. How many of us made New Year's resolutions? Can you raise your hands? Some of us, right? How many of us now failed them already? I am the first one, trust me. It's like you think about it. I'm not even taking notes anymore. Before, I used to take notes, and that's depressing. You know what I mean? Because the longer the note gets, the more depressing you might get. And then you can get even more in trouble when you realize that the day after you made those goals, you're already lacking in them. And today, the title of my message and my teaching that I'll be teaching is going to be, It's Time to Move On. So often we can get caught up on those things that we put before us and the goals that we set, which they're all, they're all good. It's nothing wrong with those things. But it's something wrong when we get a hold of those things, especially when we experience failure in those things and we give up. But it's time to move on. It is time to move on. I began to research a little bit and um, I began to ask the question, are, are there people that are struggling? Are there people that are, uh, are thinking in their life, man, I regret doing this or that? Are there people in the world that kind of think, I wish I can go back and change this or that? And there are tons of them. Trust me, it's all of us. And a few things that I wrote down, there's a lot of things that people usually regret, but a few things that I wrote down is this, not taking life more seriously. People regret that they're not taking life more seriously. We think that tomorrow I'll do it. Not right now, tomorrow I'll take it more seriously. And then they forget about it. And then they regret about it. Not taking care of their health. In our age, people regret that. They look back and and they're like, I wish I took care of my health. I, I wish I ate more salads. You know what I mean? <laughs> Another thing would be worry what other people think about you. And through that, we try to impress them, actually. We try to kind of make them feel good about yourself, but you're actually in agony. Not asking the right person to date or to marry. Ouch. <laughs> Can you imagine you live a life and then you wake up and you scratch your heads like, I wish I made another choice. That's really bad. And people live like that. Trust me, people live with that kind of mentality. You know, when, when they're trying to propose, when they're trying to get married, this is it. I mean, this is it. And then, years later, they're scratching their head. And they're thinking, is there somebody better? No, forget it. This is it. Right? If you're here today and you're thinking that, don't think that way. This is it. You better make it now. Another good thing that people talk about and, and they're, they're bringing awareness is the regret of getting divorced. Listen, so often we think that, oh, if I can only get out of this marriage, I'll be so happy. And they think if I only can get away from one problem and I'll marry somebody else, I'll be happy. Now we have two problems. <laughs> Moving from one problem, you move to another problem. And the more you do that, the more problems you'll have in life. Trust me on that one. Do a little study and you will know that people regret the divorce. Not spending time enough with your spouses, kids, and family. That's a huge one. That's a huge one. You, when you look back and all your kids are already grown up and, and you're like, oh my gosh, where did that time go? And, and where did that time go that I did not have a chance to spend with my spouse or with my kids to play ball and to do fun things? It's okay to have fun with your family. Another one is being bitter. 
being bitter, being, being mad all the time. And people live a life and then they look back and be like, well, that was not worth it. People regret of not being better parents, better father, a better mother to their, to their kids, to their family, to each other. Not investing into their marriage. And can you imagine people live like that with regrets? Not investing into marriage. Not taking life more seriously. And one of the last ones that I would like to mention, but there's so much more. You can go and do your own start, but there's so much more. But spending a lot of time on the phone. And I'm guilty just of that. You know what I mean? We became so addicted to these things that, that it almost seems like if we were to forget the Bible, we would not even think twice if we forgot the Bible at home. But if we forgot the phone at home, we would turn away from even if we were 10 miles away. I forgot my phone. And it's not because it's a necessity. It's because we became so addicted to it. And we became so close to it. And it's our little baby now. You know what I mean? And if you think about it, the phone actually affects all of these things above that I just read. Family, relationships, divorces. All those things, a phone can affect all those things. But today I would like to go past this and talk to all of us that are here in this room and to those that are listening online that so often we as Christians, we have deeper regrets. This is the regrets that we're willing to talk about. You see, some, sometimes people can come and do a little interview and ask us what are some of the things that we regret in life and we would change. And, and we, we would say these things because they're so general that, that everybody almost struggles with that, right? But there are struggles now that we've been through life that only we might know. That we are even so embarrassed even to share them with others. That we say, you know what, if I can really go back, I would really change that in my life or this in my life. And we, there are people like that, that that live like that. Christians that come to church, but deep inside there is pain. There is regret. There is, there is this thought that always is in their mind. If only I can go back. If only I didn't do or did that, life would be different. And instead of enjoying the moment that we have with the Lord. And enjoying the moment to say that when we come to Christ, Jesus makes all things new. Say with me, all things new. All things new. You don't have to make a New Year resolution that you're going to fail the second day you're going to wake up. You don't have to do that, but you can come to Christ. And he says, but all things are made new in me. And when we come with that kind of understanding, we begin to think differently. We begin to think differently. You know, that the reason why you even think that life would be different if you would go back, it's actually because you went through things in life. You see, our past can either break us or make us stronger. Listen, our past can either break us emotionally, physically, and this is the plan of the enemy. To come and, and to battle in your mind, to put thoughts in your mind, for you to think and for you to, to just go away from the things of God. And this is the, his plan, to break your life. Because he came to steal, kill, and destroy but the Son of God came to give life and life in abundance. Praise God. But if we can look 
through our past, through the failures, through the struggles, through the word of God, we can say, my past now is going to make me stronger. All the things that I have experienced, unfortunately, is going to make me stronger for the glory of the Lord. But we have to change our thinking. The first point that I would like to share with you is if your past consumes your mind, it will consume your life with anxiety, heaviness, and most of all, fear. Have you been there? I've been there. I've been there. When you're thinking, oh my gosh, how can I do that in my life? How can I make this choice? I could have done that. Why did I do that? And all of a sudden, it comes, it comes anxiety. And you're scared. All of a sudden, it becomes this heaviness that nobody's around you. Your hands are free. You're not holding anything in your hands. But you feel like there's a thousand pounds on your heart. There's a thousand pounds on your soul. And you can't get away with it. You can't get away from it. 1 John chapter 4, verse 18 says... There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. And you're going to say, Pastor Pavel, what does love have to do with my past? A whole lot. Listen to this verse now, in the middle of the verse. For fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfect in love. You see, when we come to Christ, the love of Jesus Christ is offered to me and to you. He wants to give his love to us. He wants to baptize us in his love. But see, a lot of times we feel that heaviness. We feel that, that, that kind of like, I, I, I'm stuck. I, I don't have where to go. I don't know where to go. You feel that anxiety over your life. And most of all, you're afraid. You're afraid. What if my parents find out what I did? What if, what if the pastors know my story? What if, what if people around me, my friends, will, will really know who I am? Are they going to be still friends with me? And we're actually deeper than that. We even tend to hide from God. The first sin that was committed in the garden when Adam and Eve, they did something wrong and, and they began to hide because they were afraid. Fear came upon their lives and they were hiding for their lives. But here in 1 John Chapter 4, verse 18, it says that fear has to do with punishment. And we, we are hiding. We are, we're trying to pretend somebody else. But we're dealing with all those things in our mind because we're afraid to be punished. But my beloved brother and sister, if you're born again, Jesus Christ took our punishment on the cross so we can experience his love. So we can experience his grace and his mercy. And that's why he's saying, if you want to be whole, if you want to be perfect, I want to give you that love. And I want you to understand in your mind, change your mind, change the way you think. Because I took the punishment upon myself. You don't have to worry about the punishment. When you come with repentance to me, the punishment and the penalty has already been taken care of. Now you can walk in freedom. Praise God. We have to change our thinking. We have to change our thinking. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by renewing of your mind, that you may prove there is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. See, I, wanna, I want all of us to kind of pay attention one more time over here. Verse 2 says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be what? 
transformed by, how, how are you being transformed? You know, we talk about transformation. Oh, God is going to come and transform you. How, how does transformation happen? By renewing your mind. By renewing our mind. Do you know what you're thinking has power? We can talk about our heart. We can talk about our words. And all those things are good. But before all that happens, it begins over here. Your mind tells your heart what to do, so to speak, right? It begins, you begin to think about things. You begin to, to just go into stories that did not even happen. You begin to think about your brother and your sister. And you begin to all these things to put together and be like, oh my gosh. And anxiety comes, fear comes. Some young people, in your mind, you already married that person. Then you end up tomorrow, that person already married somebody else. Or that person is already married. And you're in trouble. Because we build stories in our mind. And the Bible is calling us in Romans, renew your mind. Renew your mind. Change the way you think. If you want to be free from the past, change the way you think. It all begins in our mind. And if we lose the battle there, we will lose the battle in life. It all begins over here. If we lose the battle here in the morning, we will lose the battle during the day. The mind, the thoughts that come, if we don't take control and dominion over them, they will rule our lives. And here is reminded one more time. Take hold of your mind. You see, transformation happens in, not in life that you're trying to be better. Oh, I'm going to try to follow 10 steps how to become a better person. All those things are good. Transformation happens in your mind. The way you think. And when the moment comes that that your past is right in your eyes and he's telling you there is no way out. You come back to the word of God. You come back to the word of God. When your mind is bringing memories from the past and instead of saying, no, that's a testimony. You're going actually back and, and, and you're entertaining those thoughts. And all of a sudden this pain and confusion comes again. And all of a sudden you come to conclusion, I'm not freed yet. Brother and sister, that the gospel is not true. Because Jesus says, whoever comes to him, you shall be free. His spirit makes us free. But now we have to take dominion the way we think. In the midst of my mess, God has given me a message. This is how we have to think. Change our mind, not to dwell upon our past, but to say, yes, I, I remember I did those things in my life. I remember I don't have the best story that I can share with everybody. But I'm going to give to the Lord this mess. And God is going to turn this mess into a message. And I'm going to share with others this good message. Because this only can happen to a transformed mind. From a life of defeat and full of regrets, he leads me to a victory and full of hope. From a lifestyle that, that you seems like I can't go on anymore. My past is defining me. No, no, no. Let the cross define me. Let the power of the cross define us. It's time for us to move forward. It's time for us to just get up from wherever we're at. Whatever thoughts come against you, whatever past mistakes come against you, get up and move forward in the Lord. Because the plan of the enemy is to stop you. It's to make you dwell upon those things. But the plan of God is to take your mess and make it to a message for the glory of God. Praise God. Put your past behind you. 
so you can reach the goal ahead of you. My brother and my sister, we can put many goals. We can have many goals in life. But if we don't put our past behind us, we will never reach the goal ahead of us. Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14 says this. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. See, Apostle Paul is saying, I have to do something. It's not like I'm sitting on a couch and I'm just going to pray and fast. No, he says, I do. One thing I do. It's an action. He's calling us to action. It's a choice in our mind that we're saying, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm not going to say, I'm going to get up. I'm going to walk away from here. I'm going to walk away from this place. It's an action. One thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead of me. I press towards the goal for the prize of the upper call of God in Christ Jesus. See, Apostle Paul, we, we, we can look right now and read the scripture and say, wow, that's a powerful scripture. But think about his life. He was a rebel. He was persecuting the church. Some commentators even suggest that, that he had something to do also with the death of Stephen. When Stephen was preaching the gospel and, and, and they were stoning him to death. There was such a zealous in Apostle Paul's, which his name before was Saul and was changed to Apostle Paul. But he had a lot of history. He was imprisoning people. He was beating people up. He was coming to Christians and telling them they were doing the wrong thing. Perhaps he was taking, he was taking participation into the death of people by persecuting them. And all those things, now he came to Christ. Apostle Paul, one of the greatest sinners that was in the, in the face of the world, now is one of the greatest apostles. Because he said, I'm going to lay those things that happened in the back. I'm going to leave those things behind me. And I'm going to go forward to what Christ has for me, ahead of me. My brother and my sister, there is no sin that God cannot forgive. There is no mess that God cannot create a message out of. There is no place of death that the Holy Spirit cannot reach down to you. It's just your mind. It's just your mind. Leave those things in the back. Leave those things in the past. And as Apostle Paul is saying, I'm not going to waste my time. I'm not going to waste my life thinking about what I have did. But I'm going to use that as a testimony to reach out to the lost. To reach out to the others. And to reach out to my families. Oh, my brother, my sister. Don't let your past bury you. But let your past resurrect you. Listen to this. Don't let your past bury you. But let your past resurrect you. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. And through the power of the cross. Praise God. Praise God. Apostle Paul knew this. That if I can leave the things in the back. If I can just turn away from my past. If I can focus to the cross. If I can focus to the future. God can do something miraculous. And he did. Look at his life. He became one of the greatest apostles that wrote majority of the New Testament. What a testimony God can do through your life. What a testimony God can do in your life if only you can come to him. If only you can obey him. If only you will listen to his word and be transformed in your mind. He can do miracles. If your past still lives in your head, then it's not dead yet it's still very much alive. Think about that. If our past failures and if our past regrets, if everything that we have experienced, good or bad, 
We live with the past. And it's very much alive. We entertain those thoughts. We don't take control over those thoughts. And we think, oh, this happened in the past. No, 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 no. It's still very much alive in you. Because you can't get away with it. But I want to encourage all of us today to leave the past. To change our thinking. To say, I'm going to put the past behind me. And I'm going to move forward with the Lord. I'm going to go forward with him. My brother and my sister, it's time to go forward. It is time to go on in your life. It's time to stand up, get up wherever you are, and say, the name of Jesus, I'm going to go forward. I'm not going to let my past define me, but I'm going to let the gospel of Jesus Christ define my life. When you struggle with your past, talk with someone and seek help. You see, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from some unrighteousness. All unrighteousness. All unrighteousness. When we come to Jesus Christ, my brother, my sister, He cleanses us from all of our unrighteousness. And yes, we might struggle in our minds sometimes. In those moments, seek help. Come to your brother. Come to your sister that you trust. Don't go to the people that are going to gossip. Don't go to them. Don't go to the people that are going to be like, I can't wait to just go and, and, and just say this to everybody. Go to people that you trust. Go to the pastors. Go to the leaders. And say, my brother, my sister, pray for me. I need help. I need help. It seems like the past has happened 50 years ago, but it's right here in front of me. I need help. And my brother and my sister, I'm a living testimony of that. At New Year's here, when the leaders and the pastor, we gathered together here on the second floor. And before we were praying for the nations, before we were praying for the city, we began to pray and, and, and examine our own lives. And there was such a heaviness in my heart, in my mind. There were so many battles, so many temptations that I just want to quit. I can't do this Christian life anymore. I can't do this ministry life anymore. I, I, I'm so overwhelmed. In that moment, Pastor Carter gets up and he begins to speak a word of encouragement to all of us. And it's right what I was thinking. And I'm, I'm telling you, it's just in that prayer when we were vulnerable, when we were able to talk with each other, it's like something has lifted. And again, joy of the Lord came. And we began to shout, we began to praise because He is good and His mercy endures forever. You have come so far, it's not worth to give up. We have made it till now. It's almost over, my brother, my sister. We're waiting for that day when we're going to see him face to face. Might as well just put our hands together. Put our minds together with the word of God and say, I'm going to finish strong. I'm going to finish stronger than I started. Because God is for me and not against me. Praise God. Oh, praise God, my brother, my sister. Learn from your past. And God will take care of the rest. Learn from your past. And God will take care of the, last, the, of the rest. Don't look in the past and, and try to kind of only mourn and complain, mourn and complain. Let, let the devil do that. But you say, you know what? I'm going to learn from that. And I'm going to go forward in the Lord. Amen? Amen. Romans chapter 8 verse 28 says this. And we know that some of the things were together for good. Now all things... And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. To those who are called according to His purpose. God has a purpose for your life and for my life. God has a purpose for all of our life in general and specifically. And He says all the things when you come to me. All the pieces that you're missing in your own life. God can use it for good. 
He can take this puzzle that it's a mess, that it's shattered. That only God knows what piece goes where. You're going to mess it up. But those pieces that are shattered, he's going to come and put it together. And it's going to be a beautiful picture. And that picture is you are created in the image of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All things work together for good to those that love the Lord. See, again, it comes back to the first scripture that I read. We should know the love of God. We should not fear of his love. We should not fear of his punishment. Because the punishment was dealt with. And he loves you now. He loves you now. No shadow. It's too deep for him. Or too hard for him to bring it back together. And to make it whole. You can be whole today. The struggles from your past can become the very tool God can use to reach others around you. Think about that. Are we going to just think about our struggles? Are we going to think about our, uh, our failures? Are we just going to weep all of our lives? Or are we going to decide to, you know what, I'm going to change. I'm going to renew my mind. I'm going to renew the way I think about it now. And I'm going to come through the light of the cross. And allow God to do a miracle from that situation. Allow God to take that and make it as a tool for me to reach out to the others, to other people. And I would like to share my conclusion, a story from the Bible. And I would like to invite the band to come. And, and we're just going to go in a time of praising our Lord and Savior. But there was a man in the New Testament that was sick. And he needed help. He could not move. He was, a, uh, he was, he was sick. He, he needed help for people to come and maybe feed him. He needed help for people to come and help him move from one place to another. And this story is written in Matthew chapter 9, verses 1 through 6. But also it's written in Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. This man was a paralytic. This man needed help from other people. And it came a moment when Jesus was walking around. Jesus was in the town and they heard this. And people came, his friends came and said, you know what, we're going to bring him to Jesus. And they brought him to Jesus. And, and Jesus looks at him. And in those days, mind you. In those days, if something was wrong with you. People thought that you have sinned. Or your parents have sinned. Something has happened in your life. Something went really wrong in your life. And God is punishing you. Remember? Punishing you. Now this is a punishment. That's why you can't move. That's why you're paralytic. That's why you need help. Because God has punished you for this or that or the other. And this man, I don't know how old he was exactly. But he was laying in his bed. And every morning he was probably waking up and thinking, when will I have freedom to be able to walk? I see other people rejoicing. I see other people maybe dancing. I see other people moving. I see other people just laughing. But I don't have that. And he thinks, I, I hear there is, there is somebody by the name of Jesus who is doing miracles who gives sight to the blind, who opens the, the ears of the one who is deaf, who opens to the, the mouth to the one who can't speak, but yet I'm here. But I hear about the Jesus. Can that day come for me? And you see he's staying and laying in that bed and, and probably day after day, he's thinking about his past. 
He's thinking probably about what did my parents do that I deserve this? Because it was heard of, it's a punishment. It's because of your sin. What did we do? God, what did we do? And they brought him to Jesus. And Jesus looks at him. I'm not going to read the whole scripture here because of time, but I would encourage you to read it. But Jesus looks at him. He says, son, your sins are forgiven to, to you. And you might think, are you serious? This man came to have freedom from this sickness. This man came to be healed. And Jesus, you're telling him that you're forgiven? What is wrong with you? I came here to give me physical deliverance. But Jesus sees the depths of the heart. He sees the issues. He sees the things that we're dealing with inside of us, inside of our minds. See, it all begins here. And he sees not just a body that is laying on a bed, but he sees a soul. He sees a troubled mind. He sees a troubled heart. And he says, I'm going to speak to you now that your sins are forgiven you. What kind of sins? You were just still the whole life. What did you commit it? You couldn't commit murder. You couldn't commit anything. You're just polarity. You're just standing still. What could you have done? Think about that. But the Bible says we all are sinners and fall short of the glory of God. That's why he came to bring hope. And in the moment when he said that, people are looking around him. He's like, what is he talking about? Who can forgive sins? And Jesus says in verse 5, for which it's easier to say your sins are forgiven you or say, arise and walk. Verse 6. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sin. Then, let's say together, then. Amen. Then he said to the paralytic, arise, take up your bed and go home your way. Arise, pick up your bed and go home your way. That's powerful. And I began to think, this man that was so acquainted with his bed, this man that wanted freedom from this bed, this man that, that hated this bed, that he was waking up in the morning and weeping, this man who was thinking, I, I, I just want to get up and walk away from this bed. This bed represents the struggles. This bed may represent your past. This bed may represent the failures in your life. This bed represents the tears that you're weeping. This bed is representing that everywhere you are being moved, this bed is with you. You, you, you cannot just leave it alone. You're, you're tied up to it. You can't do nothing about it. This bed is the bed that cripples you. This bed is the bed that is in your mind that is not allowing you to move forward in Christ. This is the bed. And I began to think about the story and and it's really ironic that Jesus says, your sins are forgiven to you. But now he says, get up and walk. And I would say that Jesus would say, forget about this bed. Go get you a new bed. I can get you a new bed. I can do miracles. I can not only heal, but I can just say a word and a bed can just happen. No, no, no. But he's saying, but pick up this bed and walk. It took four people to carry a person. And I don't think it was just a piece of mattress. It was, I don't know how, how hard it was. I don't know how big it was. But I'm imagining that, that it took a little bit of time to take this bed and put it together and be able to walk. And I'm just going to give you a quick illustration. Is that okay? Because we can talk about our bad in life. We can talk about things in our life. And kind of be like, oh yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. But imagine now 
that paralytic that was laying in his bed, tied up to this bed, tied up to the struggle. This bed reminded him a lot of bad things. But now Jesus is saying, I not only have the power to forgive you, but I also have the power to tell you in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. Get up and walk. It's time to move forward. It's time to move forward. Get up and walk. And he doesn't stop there. He doesn't stop there. But he says, but this struggle that kept you for years, but this bed that you can be acquainted so close with, now pick up this bed and go home. Pick up this bed and walk. And all of a sudden, this paralytic jumps up. He takes this bed. I don't know how he did it, but he keeps it in his hands and he's going home. And somebody is walking around and, and seeing, is this the guy that was bound? Oh yeah, this is the guy that was bound. Why, why are you carrying this bed? Oh, let me tell you what Jesus did. Oh, let me tell you what Jesus did. This is the bed that represents something in my life. No longer I am bound to this bed, but now I can hold it in my head and it became the very tool I can proclaim the gospel. Hallelujah. 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 How many beds do we have in our life? How many things do we have in our life from our past that it's trying to captivate us? Jesus is saying to you now, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. You don't belong there. This bed doesn't have the power to tie you up anymore. But now you have the power over that. You took dominion over that. You transformed your thinking through the power of the word of God. And now it became the very tool to say, hey, what has happened to you? Uh, now let me tell you about Jesus. What are you holding in your hands? What are you doing with this bed, the nasty bed that, that for years probably was a change? Oh, let me tell you what God did for you. No longer it's something that holds me back, but it's something that I'm holding in my hand and giving glory to Jesus Christ. Yeah. This is the gospel. This is the gospel. And my altar call is simple. God, take my mess and make a message out of it. God, take my mess and make a message out of it. My brother, my sister, I know that this is really hard. I've been through that. I know how hard it is to believe that and to say that. But I can tell you that it's possible because I'm a living testimony before you. God, take my mess and make a message out of it. So now we're going to take that mess and hold it in your hands. And it's going to be a message by grace and grace alone. I have made it. Hallelujah. There is a song that I love very much. It says, Waymaker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. This is who our God is. This is who our God is. No matter where you're at, His promises are still alive for you. No matter how dark it is in your life, His light is stronger. No matter how broken you are, He can heal you. You see, we would never probably know Christ to be our healer if we never struggled with sickness or knew somebody that struggles with sickness in our life. We would never might have known Christ to be our provider if we never lacked things in life. We probably would never know for our Father, Jesus Christ, to be our Savior if we were never sinners. 
all the things come together for good to those that love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. You are called to live for Him. And now is the time to get up and walk. God, take my mess and make a message out of it. Praise God. Stand with me, please. We're going to sing the song if possible. This is who you are. And if this is you here today that you were defined or being defined by your past, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And pick up that bed, pick up that struggle, pick up that mess in your hand, and go home in peace. Because God is with you. And when He is with us, no one can be against us. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, heal us, oh God. Renew our mind. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you. Thank you for this day. Thank you that we can gather here today and be reminded again of who you are. Because you're a way maker. You're a miracle worker. This is who you are. And you will make a way in our life. And you are making a way in our life today, right now. Father, I pray for us today here. If there are people among us that that just feel stuck in their past and they're living by their past. In the name of Jesus, bring deliverance. In the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk free. Let the mess become a message. Let the mess become a testimony in our hands of who you are. You have the power not only to forgive us, but you have the power to set us free. Whatever what has bound us for years, you can speak a word. And it's simple words, get up and walk. Give us the grace today to just get up and walk. Get up and move forward in the Lord. Lord, I pray for families here up front. God, you see every tear, you see every cry. Lord, I pray for you to come and comfort us and help us to renew our mind. Help us to come to your word. Help us to forget the past. And even though it's going to be in our mind, it's going to be as a testimony, not as something that captivates us today. Oh God, I'm asking you, help us to have a testimony in our lips for our kids. Help us not to have a story of a bondage, but to have a story of a deliverance because we are yours. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give us the grace of oh God not to be afraid of you, but to accept your love. Give us the grace to seek help from our friends, from the pastor, from the elders, to seek help when we're struggling in our minds. And give us the grace in the name of Jesus to get up and walk forward because you're calling us ahead. Help us, oh God. 
And we love you today. And we praise you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's just give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.